Bible. Coffee talk with the Hoffmans. Hey everyone, welcome to Bible Coffee Talk. I'm Allie Hoffman. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I am flying solo tonight on this episode just because there's something that's pretty heavy on my heart and it's been heavy on my mind and and on my heart for the last little while and I've had a couple people reaching out to me asking for uh, questions or insight or advice so I thought, hmm, that's probably an indication I should do a podcast about it and I am. But before anything, you know the drill, I have to do two things. One, tell you what I'm drinking. Uh, I'm drinking just a regular, you know, Colombian house coffee, although my daughter has started making them different uh, for me to see if I like these the different flavors that she's coming up with. She put a uh, splash of maple syrup in a dash of cinnamon and a dash of nutmeg, and my gracious, is that ever good? So try that. That's delicious. And the second thing is I have to turn this entire podcast over to the Lord for his blessing and approval. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I just come before you with uh, all our listeners. I ask you, Lord, to let every word out of my mouth be pleasing to you. I ask that you please allow the Holy Spirit to direct this podcast so that others can hear it and be encouraged by it and, and find you and find your love through the message, Lord. I thank you for all the wonderful ways you take care of us and provide for us in your precious and beautiful name, Jesus. Amen. So, the episode today is on abuse. Um, and it's it's a raw subject. I know there's a lot of women and men. I'm not going to just single it out to women, but primarily women uh, that go through abuse. And, and I happen to be one of them. I have a very, very long history in my life of being abused. And I guess at some point we all have to certain degrees been abused by someone, you know, verbally abused, you know, bully abused, you know, something along those lines. So it's to you that this podcast is directed to. And I, again, I say that the Holy Spirit's really been putting this on my heart because there are a few women that have reached out to me in the past and as little as maybe two, two weeks ago, I had a woman message me, uh, never had spoken to her, uh, wasn't even friends with her. Uh, but my, my Facebook page is open so everybody can, you know, browse and see what's on there, what kind of content I have. And in full transparency, my entire Facebook is dedicated to Jesus. There's, there's nothing about me personally. Um, like I don't take pictures of my food. I don't show pictures of, you know, places I've been. It is 100% for the Lord to, to uplift, to praise, to, to encourage, to teach, to lead. Um, so that's what my Facebook is for. And so it's open so anybody can see it. It's public. And this woman had seen, I guess, the content, um, and had reached out to me. It was probably two in the morning. I was still up. I think it was on the weekend. Um, I think it was on a Friday night and, uh, she just messaged me and said, you know, hi, Allie, wondering if I can get some advice for you on how to leave a abusive relationship. I'm not sure if, uh, this has really affected you, but if you could give me some advice, uh, and, and help me, I would be most grateful. And that was like, wow, have you ever, <laughs> have you ever come to the right place? Because I have been abused through childhood, adolescence, adulthood, um, it's it's affected me my whole life. And when I say, you know, childhood abuse, I mean, I've even done a podcast with my testimony. Uh, I don't delve too deeply into it, but uh, I have been abused. Um, and I'm going to give a little caution here that this might uh, be triggering to some. So if uh, this might be the point where you uh, turn off and go listen to a different podcast or fast forward, maybe about 10 minutes. 
um, into this podcast. And at that point, I should be done talking about anything that might be triggering for you because I don't want to upset or uh, be traumatic to somebody who's going through something um, that's that's uh, hard to deal with right now or discuss. Okay, so from this moment on, 10 minutes, I'm going to talk about, um, get into it a little, a little darker. Um, I was abused as a child, uh, sexual abuse, physical abuse, bad sexual abuse. Um, and, and it's, when I say bad sexual abuse, I mean, I had multiple people abusing me at the same time. Uh, the damage was so badly done to me, um, that physically, uh, that I had to have reconstructive surgery um, and hospitalized. Uh, then the emotional and, and psychological abuse started. So I was removed from my home and put in a group home. Where there, I was raped by two boys that were in the group home. So I've been abused many times, many ways in my childhood. Fast forward into my married life. Uh, my husband isolated me in my farm. Uh, the physical abuse started, the punching, the, the slapping, the hitting, the verbal, the emotional, calling me names. And, and not just like stupid. I mean, I've heard that too. But it was more along the lines of the see you next Tuesday word. I mean, if you put those, <laughs> the, the C and then the U and then the N. And yeah, so you get it. Uh, called that. that. My name was no longer Allie. It was that. Um, I heard the B-I-T-C-H word a lot, useless, um, whore. I heard um, many, many facets of, of uh, name calling and the put downs and the humiliation and the derogatory comments about myself to eat away at my self-worth and my self-esteem. It was bad. I mean, it was really, really bad. And if that weren't enough, I was watched by one of his um, fraternity brothers because uh, he was a Freemason. Uh, so every move I made, whenever I was outside, whenever I was, you know, passing by a window in the house, whenever I went out to do the shopping, uh, I was always tagged and followed, uh, always reported on what I was doing with the children. And if that wasn't bad enough, then I had my husband steal my two children uh, for five years away from me. So I was abused in that facet. Uh, every bit of money we had was taken from me. I was never allowed to spend money. Uh, credit cards I had, he used. He had supplementary cards. Uh, he would take my credit card, but use the supplementary card he had on my account uh, for himself. Um, I've been abused by having uh, my husband and and boyfriends cheat on me, you know, sleep around and, and uh, lie to me. I've had financial abuse, like I said, where... Um, just nothing was mine. Anything that I had was taken for themselves. Any sort of property I had was was taken and sold on me, whether I wanted it or not. Um, I had pets that I had that were horribly abused. Uh, so that's that's okay. So at this point, it's not really maybe ten minutes that I was talking about. But but this is the point where I'm done. So all that was in my past. The abuse was bad. So when this woman came to me and said, you know, Allie, do you have anything to share? Can you help me? It was like, oh, sister, <laughs> let me tell you. It dawned on me a long time ago that when I was going through all this abuse and, you know, I I was hurting terribly inside, emotionally, physically, uh, my heart was hurting. There were moments where I was like, Jesus, you're still here, right? Please tell me you're still here because I can't do this alone. I even talk about in my testimony in the episode that um, this 
listed under my testimony. I even mention um, at one point falling in the cornfields. And that's just, for me, that's just a huge moment in my life. That's just very profound. And it will always stick with me. And it always makes me tear up is when I was in the farmhouse with my children. And I thought, this is it. I can't take this anymore. I'm leaving. And my children were really, really young. And I remember sneaking up to the bedroom uh, where they were because their bedrooms were upstairs and ours were uh, on the lower floor. Um, I snuck upstairs while my husband was watching television. He was passed out cold. I I guess it was like two and a half men, which I still struggle to hear um, being played. That's triggering for me. So whenever I hear like two and a half men, I'll always get up and walk away or... um, or or just busy myself, you know, put the headphones on to listen to something because I just, it's very traumatic for me. So my husband's passed out cold. I'd gone upstairs, got my children. I thought that's it. So I put their boots on and their, their, their coats. It was September, I believe. And I remember I like tiptoed downstairs and I ran, we, we had a farmhouse. So like every, you know, in the north, there was cornfields and in the west, there was cornfields and in the south and the east, we were surrounded by cornfields. And, uh, and we were so isolated. And I remember I had scooped my children up and I had run with them in this cornfield. And I had my daughter, she was really young in my arms and, and my son, and he couldn't keep up. And Megan was really heavy in my arms. And, and I remember falling to my knees thinking, where am I going to go? I have no money. I have no car. I have no belongings. I have nothing. And I'm running at like midnight. It was like either midnight or just past midnight, somewhere around there. Um, in the, the cornfield, where am I going? Because anywhere I go, it's going to take forever to get there. And I guess at some point as I'm hiding, kneeling in the cornfields, I can hear the back door slam. And my, my husband had, I guess, recognized that she's not coming downstairs, gone upstairs. She's not upstairs. Um, I had not come down and, and he, I guess, had come up and seen, okay, well, she's not there and the kids aren't there. Race downstairs and he's screaming my name and, and it echoes and it's very quiet. And, and you can literally hear, you know, Allie, you bring those kids back here. And thinking to myself, what am I going to do? Where are you? Jesus, please, please tell me you're still here. Please tell me you're still here. I know why I went through all those moments of abuse. Looking back now, I'm, I'm almost 50. And looking back now on every traumatic moment I've had, every abusive moment I've had every time I was slapped or punched or kicked or you know I've I've had you know spat out blood or you know sprained wrists or whatever it was that I went through looking back now I know why I went through it I know why I did and I don't question it you know the Bible talks about giving thanks to God for everything in every season for all we have I look back now at all those times that I suffered and trust me, I did suffer. But glory to God, the reason I went through it is to help others, is to help people who are abused, other women, other men. I mean, there are men that go through abuse, you know. There's men who, you know, their wives are are jealous and, and, you know, nasty women and, you know, they lie about them and and hold their children over their head or slap them around too, knowing that what are you going to do? You're going to tell the cops a little, a little, you know, woman beat you up. Like they're not going to believe that. And so it does happen. Abuse happens to everybody, men, women, children. I don't care who you are. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what ethnicity you are. Abuse happens to everybody. 
everybody on many facets of the abuse wheel. I mean, there's so many. There's religious abuse, there's social abuse, there's financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, verbal abuse, psychological abuse. There's, I mean, you name it. Those are just a handful, but I mean, it goes on and on and on. And and all of it, God is saying to you, if you're going through this now, one, if you're in a relationship and somebody's abusing you, let me just tell you this. That is not love. It's not. Anybody who, who I mean, hits you or puts you down or belittles you, that is your spouse, um, is a significant other that's hoping to become your spouse. That is not love. First Corinthians chapter 13 gives a very clear description of what love is. It says it's, you know, not abuse. It's not uh, boastful. It's not envious. It doesn't keep track of wrongdoings. It's it's nothing like that. So if you're with someone who's doing those things, that's not love. That's the first thing. Acknowledging that one, I am being abused. Two, can I stop this cycle? If you can't, there's ways to get help. And just know that whatever you're going through, Jesus is there. I mean, there's going to come a time when you're in heaven and, and you are walking with Jesus. I mean, this is what I tell myself, you know, I've said to myself quite often in the past was there's going to come a time where I'm going to walk in heaven side by side with Jesus and I'm going to have a conversation with him. And there's one question that's going to be burning for me to ask. And that question is, where were you in those times that I was suffering? In the cornfield, I mean, I know you were with me, but in that cornfield when I had my children in my arms and I'm crying my eyes out knowing I'm dead. If I go back, he's going to beat me terribly. And if I leave, he's going to hunt me down and then he's going to hurt me. Where are you, Jesus? In this moment, where are you? I know he's there, but where? I want to see. I want him to tell me, Allie, when you were on your knees crying your eyes out, holding your children, I was kneeling right in front of you with my arms around you. That's where I was. Or when I was, you know, after I was abused in the group home by those men, those boys, sorry. Whew, okay, hold on. This might be a good time to have a sip of coffee. Thank you, Lord, for coffee and for moments that I can just catch a breather. Hold on. Okay, so there's going to come a time where he's going to tell me that when I was abused in the group home by those boys... Allie, when you crawled up those steps to your bedroom and you barricaded your doors and you you climbed into bed, where was I? I was sitting right on the edge of that bed, rubbing your back, telling you, you are mine and I love you. Those are the moments to look at. You know, when you're being abused, when you're being hurt, when somebody's putting you down and you feel worthless, trust me, I I feel that. I mean, I have felt those ways too. I felt like this is the best it's ever going to get. And no one's going to love me. No one's going to want me. I'm garbage. I'm damaged goods. I'm, I'm baggage. Someone's not going to want me. Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you. He died for you. And those scars that you bear, because if you're abused, if you're an abused woman or abused man, and you've taken a punch or a hit or a slap, there are scars. There might not be physical scars, but there's emotional scars. There's psychological scars. And Jesus is like, I've got those too because they hurled insults at me and they beat me and they hurt me. I've got those scars too. And I'm with you. All those times you suffered, I'm, I was with you and I'm still with you and I'm never going to leave you. You're mine. 
love me because I love you and I'm with you. And all those don't think in terms of why did God allow this to happen to me? I get why God allowed all those things to happen to me. I do because there's, there's people in my life, close people, friends that have experienced rape, that have experienced, you know, uh, childhood sexual abuse, that have experienced, you know, um, spousal abuse, that have experienced homelessness and, and name calling and they've experienced all those things because I have and because I love Jesus, who best to tell them about Jesus is someone who's gone through what they have. You know, there's this woman that messaged me and, and I'll go back to her and she's like, Allie, you know, what, what can you tell me? You know, what kind of advice can you give me? And after I said, you know, you've come to the right place. I, I just, I shared Jesus, you know, I shared with her, um, first Corinthians chapter 13 that talks about love. And I said, you know, if, if he's a man of God, he's going to want to honor God by making you one, his wife. He's, he's pretty much robbing from God, taking from him, you as a woman, before making you his wife. So he's disrespecting you. He's disrespecting God. You know, value yourself. You're more than that. You know deep in your heart that, you know what, when someone slaps me from having an opinion, when someone spits on me, when someone calls me, going to get graphic here, but you know what, this kind of world we live in, if somebody says, you know, you're a bitch, that's not love. You can get angry with someone. You can you can disagree with someone without being cruel, without eroding away their self-confidence and their self-worth. You can have an opinion and you can get angry without lowering someone to dirt. I mean, I'm sorry, that's 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 not love. When somebody does that, that's not love. And if it once okay, might be a mistake, you know, everybody gets angry and sometimes it gets away from them. But when it happens, you know, two and three and five and eight times and it keeps happening over and over, that's not a mistake. That's now a habit. That's you are their verbal punching bag. You are, you know, uh, someone that they can take their aggression out on, whether that's physical or, or verbal aggression out on. That's not love. Love isn't like that. God, in Jeremiah uh, 29, 11, it talks about how God has plans for us, for a, an expected end. And, and being abused is not it. It's not. And I know for myself that when I, when everything was said and done with my husband, when, when he had taken my children and I had gone to the, um, the domestic shelter and I was there, I think I was there for a total of eight months. I was the longest woman that had stayed uh, I was a woman who's had stayed there the longest um, and, because the abuse was so bad. I mean, it was, there was a lot of layers like an onion that had to be peeled away and peeled back. And there was group therapy. And I mean, there was a lot. And uh, when everything was said and done, um, I had taken an, a certain allotment of time to come to, to the Lord. I had really studied and read my Bible and then kind of got lost again with uh, a boyfriend that I got mixed up with that didn't know the Lord, didn't want to know the Lord, that led a very sinful and, and wicked life. Um, and because of that, I kind of got mixed up in, in their wickedness, um, taking total accountability because I, I had a choice. I could have said no to the things that they were doing, but I didn't. Um, and just, you know, it's, it's, when that 
relationship with sin done. It's it's a connection that Jesus has with those who are his and, and he calls us out of it. And and it's not where, you know, Allison, it's time to return home. It's not like that. And it's not like, you know, a mother calling her child back, you know, after a full day's play and it's dinner time. Like, Allie, it's dinner time. Time to come home. It's nothing like that. It's a, you know, this is wrong. It, it's a an erosion of the sin. It's like, you know, this is wrong. You know, you shouldn't be doing this. You know better. You, you, you can hear my voice and listen to me. I want you back. I want you back. And it's, it's these little, these little thoughts, these little tuggings at your heartstrings, and you know that it's from the Holy Spirit. So when that relationship had um, dissolved, I had again taken time to, this time, it was a full immersion in Jesus. It wasn't where I was just reading the Bible a little more and I'd get up at like five in the morning to pray and, and have some time with Jesus. It was, I was in it. I was in the Holy Spirit. I felt him around me. I was getting up early. I was praying constantly all the time. And it wasn't, you know, I was on my knees or anything, but it was constant talking to the Holy Spirit, asking for more, fill my cup up, fill me with a fire. Lord, just total, give me a fresh anointing. More, Jesus, please give me more. Give me more. Open my eyes that when I read the Bible, please let me be able to see something new, something fresh that you want me to know. Let me retain it. Please open my eyes. Please give me wisdom and discernment and revelation and comprehension to not just take away my interpretation or take away my opinions, but what you want me to 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 see, what, what you want me to believe so that I can go out and tell others. And if it's talking to, to a homeless woman on the street and giving her encouragement and just sitting with her where people think she's filth because she's been abused, I'll do it. And if it's talking with a woman online till, you know, six in the morning from three till six and just talking with her to help her to see how much you love her, Jesus, tell me I'll do it. And this is why I personally have gone through abuse. I'm not saying that that's why you've gone through it. I don't know why God made you suffer in the ways that maybe you have as the listener. But you know what? That's something that maybe you, I would encourage to take to the Holy Spirit and say, <clears throat> not why did I go through it? What what can you teach me about what I went through that will help me and help me help others? That's that's the lesson is that, okay, so you know what? In In the army... Let me give you a for instance. In the army, when you're going through basic training, that's probably the hardest time in being in the military is being through basic training because you are pushed to the limits. And I've had friends and I've also had family that have gone through it and had the stories that they've told me are pretty like grueling. And that's that's something that I remember my cousin saying to me when he went through the army was, you know, they'd have to run for like miles and then they'd have to do this obstacle course where they'd have to jump over things and, and pull themselves up. But you're exhausted at that point. So when you get to certain obstacle points after completing certain other obstacles, your limbs are like mush. You can't pull yourself up. You can't drag yourself through things. So when you get to, let's say you've passed A, B, and C obstacle, and now you're on D, and you have to lift yourself over this like 20-foot wall with, you know, ropes, and your arms feel like jelly, that's when, when my cousin would say, we relied on each other. None of us could do it on our own. 
you know, and it took a lot of mental strategizing to come up with, okay, so we're going to build a pyramid and one guy's going to climb up and he's going to get over. And when he's over, he's going to lower his arms down and help the next guy. And then he's going to hold him by his ankles and he's going to help up the next guy so that he can pull himself up and pull himself by using the pockets of our pants because our belts were cinched on tight. They weren't going anywhere. And then our boots and and that's how they did it. They helped each other. And that's how I believe God puts us through these struggles and these trials and these these obstacles is to say, you know what, you're going through it, but you're not alone. It might seem like you're all by yourself and nobody can appreciate or understand what you're going through. But you know what, there's other people who have gone through it. And what I want you to do is to help someone else. Lend a hand. Because their their arms might feel like jelly. Their spirits might feel like jelly. They just can't go anymore. They've been beaten down and trodden on that, you know what, they just can't take another step. Or they're confused because they've had so many lies pumped in their head that Satan has used these abusers to, and these bullies to abuse and to misuse and literally uh, brainwash people into thinking you're nothing, you're garbage, you're self um, you're worthless. You're, you're just dirt. And that's not from God. God never says that. You know, Joshua 1, nine talks about, you know, do not be dismayed or afraid for I'm with you always. Wherever you go, I'm with you. Jesus is there. Whether you see him in the physical, uh, sorry, in the, whether you, you feel him in the spiritual, not see him in the physical, whether you, you feel him in the spiritual realm, you know, everybody feels Jesus, um, at some some moment, I would like to think, believers do is who I'm talking about, that when you have these moments, um, I'm just trying to get my <laughs> clarity here. When you have these moments where you are at your wits end, I do believe it's when Jesus comes out and says, I'm here, I'm here, take my hand. And he gives a lifeline. Recently, Justin and I just watched um, a movie about uh, Richard and, uh, I'm trying to remember the name, um, uh, I think it's Selena and it's a, he's a pastor and she's a past, uh, pastor's wife and the abuse that they went through and they, they always praised and worshiped Jesus and they were always helping others. They were always, you know, sharing the gospel despite all the, the abuses that they were going through, you know, and this was taking part in like, um, the war with Hitler. So like they were arrested and they were beaten and tortured and, and they, constantly gave thanks to the Lord by saying, you know, uh, you're good. You're here. You're with us. And I feel you. I feel your Holy Spirit. That's what I'm talking about is when you're going through these trials and tribulations and you're finding that you're being abused or you're being put down and you're feeling worthless, Jesus is there. And as much as you're hearing Satan use the bully or the abusers to say that you're worthless and you're nothing, Jesus is right beside you, hoping that you'll hear the Holy Spirit's voice throughout all the noise that's going on around you to say, you're mine. Listener, you are mine and and I died for you and I never want to be separated from you. And because of that, I died on the cross so that I could take your sin debt onto myself. I paid your fines, your sin fines. They're paid for. All you have to do now is just reach out and believe in me. So if if you're a woman or a man and, and you've been abused or you're being abused currently, just know that Jesus is there. You're not alone. When you feel like you're worthless or, you know, who's going to love you? You know, your baggage and, and your, you're just 
a doormat. Who's going to, who's going to want you? Jesus wants you. And Jesus, I mean, he is, he's a miracle worker and he's a way maker and he's a chain breaker and he is a restore. There's a reason why they call him the savior because he saves people. And there's a reason why they call Jesus the redeemers because he redeems people. You might not be, um, happy with your current situation, being, you know, isolated or abused or traumatized or or hurt or bullied. I get that. But Jesus is there and he's just waiting for you to reach out and take the lifeline. I'm here. You're drowning in whatever garbage or crap is going on around you. Take the lifeline. Like in the story about the military, you know, when people are jumping over the obstacles, take the hand, take the hand. You know, God puts people in uh, the path of people so that they can encourage and uplift and direct and help and minister to people. As much as Satan uses people to tell them they're worthless and nothing and garbage and Jesus, he doesn't want you. He doesn't love you. If he did, how could he allow this to happen? There's such a thing as the refinement. Uh, and, and let me just tell you a story. So again, now would be a good time to have a sip of coffee. Cheers. Wow, it's not as hot as it was, but it's still pretty darn delicious. Okay, so the Bible talks about a refining process and uh, with anything, whether it's, you know, I mean, I've, I think most of us have heard of, you know, a diamond, a lump of coal in order to become a diamond has to be put under tremendous amount of pressure. And then that dirty lump of coal is something of beauty. It's It's valuable. It's coveted. It's gorgeous. It's now a diamond. You know, you get an olive and you put it under lots of pressure and you, you know, when it gets pressed and you get olive oil, a grape, when it gets stomped on, it becomes wine. So you take, you know, uh, coal, uh, sorry, gold that comes out of the ground and it's dirty. Like it's, it's been in the dirt for like years. It's filthy, filthy, filthy. So what the miner does is, or the, the jeweler, whatever, the blacksmith, what they do is they take the gold and they put it in a dish and they burn it down. And any of the impurities, that's called dross, D-R-O-S-S, gets scooped off the top. And the gold then goes into another furnace under another degree of heat. And more of the dirty dross gets floated to the top and that gets skimmed off. This process happens over and over and over and over and over and over many times in certain higher degrees of temperature in the oven. So it gets hotter it starts and then it gets hotter and then it gets hotter and hotter and hotter until it can't get any hotter. Um, But once it's at its peak temperature and it's taken out and there's no dross on the top because it's all been taken off, there's no more dross or dirt to float to the surface. That's when that gold becomes priceless. It's worth something. Priceless. That's like what God is doing with us when we are abused. Now, I'm not saying that you're being abused um, because it's an enjoyment. What I'm saying to you is, is that, you know what? We all go through garbage. This is a crappy, wicked, horrible world we live in and people are doing bad things, but that is not God's fault. This is the time where God wants us to come to him despite those abuses, despite those traumas and those obstacles, and despite the people putting us down and saying, you're nothing. Trust me, I get it. It's hard. And what I'm saying isn't easy for me to say any more than it's easy for you to hear it because I've lived it. And there's still things that I'm dealing with. I mean, 
I'm not perfect. I'll be the first one to take accountability and say I'm not perfect. I'm just trying to give some encouragement to women, to people out there who are being abused to say, one, you're not alone. Two, Jesus is right there. I'm here. There's other people in that God puts in your path to give you encouragement. When you see someone walking down the street and you feel like garbage because you just took a punch or because you've just been put down mercilessly or you've been humiliated in public by your spouse or your significant other, that person who smiled might be used by God to encourage you to say, hello, good morning, or just to cheer you up. Something, something. I mean, you could look at it any number of ways, but because you're going through something doesn't mean that God hates you or doesn't want you. It means that, you know what, there might be someone that you meet further down the road that you haven't met yet, uh, a child that you haven't had yet, that God is going to use to bless someone else. So that, you know what, I'll give you a for instance. So, you know, if, if hmm, let me think. <laughs> okay, so you... If I've never had a cup of hot chocolate, then I can't explain to someone what it tastes like because I've never had it. Now I can read up on it, but it's not the same thing with my sitting down to talk to someone to have a discussion about what hot chocolate is or how it tastes or the the cozy feelings it gives you when you're sitting in front of a fire. Do you know what I mean? I can't give you that kind of description unless I've had hot chocolate, unless I've had those moments where I can say, oh, you don't know what you're missing. That's, that's like this experience. I can't explain to someone, and I'm going to use this woman who reached out to me. I can't explain to her how, how it feels to be put down or to encourage her. If I hadn't gone through it, then I'm just some other like schmuck who's like, yeah, well, you know what? You'll either leave or you stay, you know, one way or the other. I actually gave her some advice. I said to her, one, pray about it. Coming to me is well and good, and I'm here for you if you need to talk. But I think you really do need to be in prayer. You need to go to the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance and direction from him. Protection is a big thing. Ask the Holy Spirit to just completely, you know, curtain you in in his loving kindness and his protection to keep you safe. Second thing is um, to 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 sit down and think about what it is you want. A lot of times women, they like the bad boy. I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but they do. They like the bad boy. And with it comes all the bad things that go along with it. What are you, what you're willing to put up with is what you're willing to allow to continue. So example, if you're with a biker guy and he's doing drugs and, and swearing and drinking and doing all those things. If you want a man of God, then you have to weigh the pros and the con. Well, if I want a man of God who's going to lead me closer to Christ, then what am I doing with this turkey over here who is, you know, drinking and doing drugs and stealing and, and you know, uh, won't even make me his wife. I'm basically his his plaything. So what what am I doing here? You really do need to sit and think about what it is you want in life and are you willing to be obedient to the Holy Spirit? Many times people have no problem talking, but they have a hard time listening. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Put yourself in a place where it is bone quiet. There's certain times where I have gone and sat in my car at three in the morning and everybody is asleep. And in my community, there aren't any cars driving past. There's no noise. It is 
silence, so much so that I can hear my heartbeat. <laughs> it's it's quiet. So if I can hear my heartbeat, that's a perfect place for me to go to sit and talk to the Holy Spirit and pour my heart out and say, this is bothering me and I've got a problem with this and I need your direction in this. He'll direct you and he will He will lead you. But you have to be able to listen and be open and susceptible to the Holy Spirit's guiding and teaching. The other thing is, is what I said to her is retrain your brain. I think that's another huge one is when we get caught up in, in abuse or we're bullied or we, we have an issue with someone that's hurt us, the first thing we like to do as as the human race is talk about it. We we gossip. We tell other people, you know, this person did this. Or I wanna... For some, and some, they don't say anything, but they think about it an awful lot. You don't have to say anything to anybody, but you're going to think about it and it's going to play out in your head. What did I do? What did I say? How could I have handled that better? You know, what did I, you know, how did this even begin? And you will play that conversation or that moment over and over and over and over and over in your head. Retrain your brain. That's huge. And when I say retrain your brain, trust me, it works, but you have to do it. You know, just saying, yep, I'll do it. And you don't isn't helping yourself do it. Whenever you you think about that person, whenever you think about talking about that person, whenever you, you get to thinking, well, you know, he would have done it this way or, you know, oh, I, I should do it because, you know, um, he liked it, um, performed this way, or, you know, um, I should say this because that's what he has told when, whenever he comes into your brain or her, your abuser, your bully, whatever it is, um, retrain your brain to instead give thanks to Jesus. An example. I always give examples to help you. So here, here's an example. So instead of, you know, thinking, well, I'm going to, I got to talk to my friend and get some advice or, you know, you're thinking, sitting at home and you're thinking and you're like, what am I going to do? And, and, you know, I got to do this or I'm scared or, oh, you know, how am I going to stop? Sit down, take a deep breath in. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm safe, you know, or thank you, Jesus, for this nice cup of tea that that is soothing and it's it's delicious and it's hot. And, you know, thank you, Jesus, for, you know, the worship music that's playing. That's that's really soothing to my spirit. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross. Boom. It takes it off your abuser and it puts it on Jesus and it thanks him in the process because give thanks in all things, the Bible says. So do that. Retrain your brain to thank Jesus Whenever you think of the person that has hurt you or whenever you want to speak about that person, thank Jesus. The other thing I would be uh, suggesting to you is forgiveness. That's massive. I mean, for me, it's it's been hard. I forgive every person that has hurt me. And there's been a lot of people. There's been, you know, in my childhood, my, my husband, uh, ex-boyfriends, ex-friends that have betrayed and hurt me. I forgive them all. I forgive them all. And I can honestly tell you uh, with no exaggeration or word of a lie that if I were to ever see any of the people that have hurt me, um, I, I would welcome them and be gracious and loving and they would see the Holy Spirit in me because if I can't forgive people who have hurt me, how is Jesus ever going to forgive me for all the many times that I have sinned and hurt him? And trust me, I have hurt him so many times in my life, I have made wrong decisions and sinned and, and 
and hurt the Holy Spirit, grieve the Holy Spirit. But if I can't forgive anybody that's hurt me, he's never going to forgive me. And if he doesn't forgive me, then I'm not welcome into heaven. And if I'm not welcome into heaven, guess where I'm going? And I don't want to go there. I do not want to go to hell. And I don't want anybody else to go to hell. And I don't want my enemies to go to hell. In this movie that uh, that Justin and I watched last night, uh, the movie wasn't good. <laughs> But it's a real life story and the documentary of the people in as they're talking and giving their own words was actually much better than the movie. Um, And I'm just trying to see. um, I'm just trying to go through my list here. Um, Give me two seconds, two seconds. Um, Right. So the actual movie is uh, garbage. It's. It wasn't very good. The ending, it was like, what? What a disappointment. I can't believe I sat through that. But the documentary, which was a little over an hour, I believe, it was um, much better because it was the two people that, the, the people that I told you earlier, Richard and Sabina uh, Wormbrand, um, they they had an underground um, church where in the days of the Nazis, um, you know, they both were arrested many times. Uh, he was actually beaten terribly, uh, had all kind of like uh, brainwashing uh, drugs given to him. Um, She's being put in these little cupboards where there's spikes on the wall so she can't lie down, separated from her children. Uh, They're putting children in the the cells beside her, screaming out things, making her think that it's her children. Terrible, terrible psychological abuse that these two had gone through. And I use them in um, in this podcast just to let you know that, you know, in spite of it all, they praised God and God's hand was over them and carried them through and and they were able to help so many people by what they had gone through. And when we go through these things, typically in our nature, it's to, you know, shake our fist at God and say, you've done this and, you know, you've let me down and where were you when all this was, was happening and uh, how can a God allow that to happen? And Again, it's the refining process. It's God's, you know, putting you through the fires to scrape off the dirtiness. I mean, how can a rose, when it's planted as a bulb in the dirt, grow to become a thing of beauty and coveted? I mean, many women love to get roses without growing through the filthy dirt first. I mean, think about it. I mean, there's so many examples I can give you where you have to get dirty in order to help others. Because if you don't go through it, you can't give an experienced account for it and help other people. So when you're going through these abuses and you're thinking, why is God doing this? Ask yourself, what am I learning from this? You know, thank you, Jesus, that with this, and I know a lot of women are probably going to be like, no, 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 no. And there was, there was one woman I know, an ex-friend of mine that her and I did not see the same way. You know, she could not forgive her abuser. Uh, she could not let it go. She blamed Jesus Christ. She said that, you know, she would rather burn in hell than forgive the person who had hurt her. Um, and I, I shook my head. I was like, I can't believe that. I cannot believe that you would rather burn for all eternity in hell. And then it became, well, why would God send me to hell? I'm being abused. I'm the victim here. You know what? If you want to play the victim card, go ahead. And this is what I said to her. If you want to play the victim card, go ahead. But you're not the only one that's a victim. I was abused. And 
It's better to let go and to forgive someone than to harbor and hold on to hate. And instead of saying, why? Why did this happen? I can't believe that God would allow this to happen to me. It was, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I, I don't understand the, the whole pain part of it because it did hurt and there were moments where I felt terrible. And this is where I say to you, you know, there's a part of me in the back of my head saying, you know, yikes, you know, uh, there's going to be a lot of people messaging me. But l- listen to this podcast with an open heart, with the help of the Holy Spirit, because I do believe that those of us who have gone through abuse, those of us who are still being abused, and, and I, I'm not saying that I don't sympathize with you, I do, but Trust Jesus that A, he's there with you. B, he'll get you out. C, he'll use whatever experience you're going through to help others. D, that the Holy Spirit is, is, you have an anointing on you that, you know what? Jesus loves you so much and will help you and, and get through any hurt or any pain physically, mentally, spiritually, you name it. He's there and he will help you. I guess at this point... <laughs> I'm just going round and round, but I just really wanted to stress that, you know, uh, I get, um, how hard it is, um, when you're an abused woman, when you're an abused person from childhood to, to adulthood, it's hard and there are triggers and there are baggages that we carry around with us. And I guess the last thing I would say is talk about it, you know, get help, get you know, help from a psychiatrist or a therapist, get help through Jesus Christ, get help through a trusted sister or brother in the Lord who can help lead you to understanding why um, what happened happened and to to encourage you in Jesus Christ. Okay, guys, well, that's the podcast for today. I hope you found it um, a blessing. I pray that the Lord uh, encourages your heart and uh, spoke to your spirit. So I'm just going to close with a prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just come before you asking you to please let this message hit the mind and the ears and the spirit and the heart of of the listener who is struggling with being abused, who has gone through abuse, Lord, and is still finding it hard. I ask you to bring healing to them, Lord. I ask you to just wrap your arms around them and bring them protection. I ask you, Lord, to allow them to give you praise in the storm that no matter what they're going through no matter what hardships they're facing whether that be physical emotional verbal psychological social financial abuse lord that you get the praise the proper praise that you deserve and that lord that you turn that that hardship that pain that suffering that they're going through so that they're able to help somebody else who's going through the same thing that the refinement process is done that the dirtiness from their past is over with lord that you have made them into something beautiful and pure and and priceless in you lord jesus so i surrender them to you i ask you to bring healing to them I ask that you bring restoration and uh, and that you show them mercy now, Lord. In your beautiful and precious name, Lord Jesus, I pray these things over them. Amen. Okay, guys, so that is my podcast. I pray that the love of the Father and the um, the guidance of the Holy Spirit is with you all your days. Take care for now, guys. Bye-bye. Bible Coffee Talk with the Hoffmans. What? You're still here? Podcast's over. Go home. Go.